Heli Nation version 2.0. I am Nick. This is episode number 206. With me tonight, I have Justin and Jesse. How's it going, dudes? What's up, man? What's going on, dude? Nothing, nothing much. Kind of a slow week. Just chill. I feel like <laughs> the, the off season has hit, and I don't, I don't know if I like that, honestly. It's definitely uh, kicking in. It's not quite winter yet, but it's starting to feel a lot like it. Well, I think yeah. it, both with the weather and then you got the sun going down sooner and ah, just all the transitions are happening. Yeah, we're officially in the realm of going to work and coming home yes. from work in the dark. Which sucks. Yeah, it <laughs> does, dude. And And if you don't sit in an office with a window and you don't go out for lunch, then you don't get to see the sun. I hate that. Like you're locked up all day. Mm. So yeah. what's new? Anyone do anything fun at all? Anything? Yeah, I did a little bit of funness. A couple things. Oh, you got a couple things too, Jesse? Yeah, I did a, I did a few small things. Nothing major. Well, here's the deal. You weren't here last week, so I think we should hear from you first. So, I think that's fair. Well, let me just preface this with just because I have two weeks where the stuff saved up doesn't mean it's going to be good. Okay. Doesn't well, mean it's going to be two weeks of fun. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's okay, though. Now, so last weekend I was gone. It was the uh, opening weekend of hunting season. So I decided to take a little, uh, actually took a couple days off work as well. Um, typically, my work schedule is I get Fridays off, but that has rarely happened over the last 10 months. So. Last week, took Friday off, and then I also took Monday, Tuesday off, and went back over to Pullman for the weekend, which is uh, where I went to school, and did some deer hunt for the weekend. So that was a nice, uh, nice relaxing break, kind of from everything, um, helicopters, work. Um, I did it, you know, gave me another chance. Took the motor home over there and stayed in it for five days. Um, so still, still loving the heck out of that thing. But as far as helis go, so kind of back at it this week a little bit, is from the Sagebrush Smackdown, I got a couple receiver packs in the pilot's raffle. So I was getting those all soldered up and getting them ready to go finding the CG and stuff on the E7. Because um, currently I'm running an OptiPower pack that I think is like 1650, 1800 milliamps, something like that mm-hmm. on there. And it, it worked great when I had the uh, Kronos and it kind of tucked up on... On the inside of the frame, you couldn't really see it, and it basically gave me the opportunity to be able to fly for not like all day, three but, days. Well, <laughs> for a lot, you know, for a <laughs> I long mean, time. shit, dude, just plug it into the Y harness and you'll run 14s. <laughs> yeah, so it it gave me the ability to not have to charge the receiver pack very often, which was good because I only had one. Um, but then 
know, at, on the prize table at the Sagebrush Smackdown, there's a couple of these 850 milliamp receiver packs. And so I snagged a couple of those and I'm getting them all ready to go. So I figure I should be able to get, you know, two flights pretty comfortable on those. And yeah. then I'll have, you know, since I'll only be able to get two flights, it's not a huge deal because I will have another one ready and charged that I can just kind of swap out and keep flying. So I still should be able to go back to back, no problem. Um, and lose a little weight and it won't look like this huge freaking blue battery just velcroed on the side hanging on the side okay now i i got a question dude why not a bec Uh, at this point what's your thought process here are you just lazy are you cheap or do you have a technical reason or is it both or is it both yeah yeah it's probably gonna (laughs) land somewhere in the middle it you know, it was just the the whole fact of transferring everything over that I had from the Kronos and trying to make that you know, not really budget build, but just trying, you know, just trying to keep the cost down. I just transplanted everything from the Kronos and did basically an airframe swap to the E7. Um, and so budget, and then I, don't, I just I have not found, I guess, a a good reason and need. It honestly does not bother me because I'm already charging receiver packs for the Nitro. So for me, that is in my normal going to the field procedure um, is charging up the receiver packs, making sure, checking before each flight. And now with the telemetry on the V control, um, just, you know, you can set the low voltage alarms. And I, yeah, I guess it to me, it does not seem like an inconvenience really to have to charge just because I'm doing it already on another heli. So yeah, there's, I mean, there's no question you've, you've got the reliability thing as well yeah and it it does make sense when you've got the nitro i remember when i had fuel models i preferred receiver packs just because you're in the same mindset you know you don't have to worry about oh crap should i charge something for oh never mind it's on a bec yep 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 and then you know now that and now with the telemetry and the alarms the the worry is really gone about forgetting to charge your receiver pack so just look down at the transmitter, see the voltage right before you take off, and good to go. So, yeah, yeah, I think it I makes sense. I yeah, at this point in time, I don't I don't see a need to go to a BEC. So, so yeah. what's the fleet look like now? It's the N seven. It's the, the E seven. E seven. I still have the unsold warp, which is still up for sale, but it's unsold currently. <laughs> I haven't really been putting a lot of effort into that one. What are and you looking to replace that with? Money. Ah. <laughs> okay, very practical. <laughs> Which then I may, and I was, I mentioned this to Nick, I think. I, I'm kind of looking at maybe upgrading some stuff on the E7. Uh, maybe trying different motor. Ooh. So we Thoughts? will see. Anything uh, actually, in particular? I think I'm. I really kind of want to try an X Nova. Oh yeah! And so you know, been flying Scorpion long time, but mm-hmm. you know, you know, there's other stuff out there. So yeah, don't see. You know, my, it is definitely worth a looking. Worth giving it a shot. So yeah, it's getting the warp sold, getting a little bit of cash in the heli funds, and yeah, potentially upgrading some stuff. And I still am kind of kicking around the idea of that. What's going to be that winter project? Um, and right now, I'm honestly torn 
it's kind of weird. I'm torn between two things that are like way different budgets. <laughs> and so it's like, do I build a eight, you know, 750, 800 class helicopter or do I completely like deck out a new charging case with the power lab and get ready for the bump charging and um, just completely do it up um, with that. And so I'm kind of kicking around a winter project idea and trying to get things hashed out and see what do I want to have before next season hits. So mm. we, have you have you narrowed it down for the the seven fifty? No, I, I actually have not narrowed it down. Um yeah, I'm I'm still kicking around a few. I I still think at the top of that list has to be the seven sixty six, the synergy. Yeah. Um but if I did go that route, um, because see, I, I really don't want to get into that. Oh, it's, you know, he's flying all synergy, flying all synergy. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I was. And so say. I don't want to get into that mindset. So that actually is kind of putting me off a little bit on the 766, um, which is too bad because it's probably going to be an incredibly badass exactly. I, I And I actually think it's near the top of that class and that size. So. I'm thinking, okay, if I go and get the 766, I would probably let the E7 go and swap that out for something different at the 700 class size um, and rotate another airframe in there for that one. You may find, dude, if you if you do go with the 750 class on 750s mm-hmm. uh, and you keep it relatively light and poppy, you might yeah. not want to go back to a 700. So would you basically add the 750 class and get rid of the 700 or would you replace the 700 then with like a 600 or uh, you know that's that's hard I'd say a 500 or a 550 for sure but yeah, I just think that you can gap. you can set the 750s up to fly as hard as a 700 Yeah oh yeah I mean, yeah, Nick, I, mean, I know little... you love your 700s, but when you were flying a 750, you oh, were beating dude. the piss out of that thing, dude. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. I was. And I had nothing but a grin the entire time. I mean, yeah. There's yeah no... I now, I would, though, because, Jesse, aren't you ready for packs, or did you get a set of packs? No, I have a set of Opti's. Brand, one you know, like one about... set, right? Yeah, I have a set. So I'm not. it's not like I'm way in on anything, you know? Because if I was going to permanently invest in a 750, uh, there's no question I would go 14. 14. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. And I yep. completely agree. So, yeah, that would be another consideration is the batteries. And then, you know, if that 700 class disappears, but. Well, yeah, see, then that, that puts you in it. the realm of non-castle ESCs, which it makes does. it a little bit more challenging. Does. Yes, that's fair. But it's. Uh, Dude, so, you you have such a low crash rate. I mean, how many times did you crash last year? Like three? Yeah, not yeah. many. Yeah, so I, I'm not, I mean, crash cost, I would, truthfully, I would throw that out the window. That's Yeah, that's not a big factor. And that, I don't think that's ever been a huge factor for me as far as, you know, my hobby goes. Never, I don't think crashing's ever put me out of the game. Yeah, yeah. And so, and, and it continues to be like that, so... I would agree. I think the initial kit price um, is definitely something to consider. But then once again, that's only a one-time purchase. Once you got it, you got it. So I'm looking at more. Oh, so the HD750s for you, huh? It could be, Justin. You know, you never know. I just have to sell like my truck and my house warp 
<laughs> you could rent out and your RV over the winter, dude. I would have to rent out my RV, and no, Kayla's going to start working. I mean, that qualifies as income property, right? Yeah. And then Kayla's working the corner, and we maybe <laughs> if you bought it, you'd probably she'd probably make you live in it. So yeah, so live in the HD seven fifty. Yeah. <laughs> no, live in the motorhome. I yeah, mean. live in that motorhome, which. Yeah, there's been worse things wished upon me, so. <laughs> but, yeah, who knows? Who knows? We will we'll see, but I I still am really, really interested in that class and getting a heli, yeah, building a heli in that class. So, and I think this would be, the, this winter would be the perfect opportunity to do something like that. So, we'll see what you're out, but, you know, then on the other hand, the, the whole charging case thing, you guys are just killing me with the power labs and. Yeah, I've just I've been wanting to go and update the chargers and the charging case for a long time. So I'm still still rocking the original, the first B1 charging case that I built. So the big orange one, the big orange one, which it's stout. It it it's an actual Pelican case, and it's it's wearing nicely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, might be time for uh, for a change. So. Other than that, this last week I was just, I was finally going through, I don't know, well, I know what Nick does because he just drags his heli trailer everywhere. I don't know what you do, Justin, but for me, I kind of, once that fun fly season hits, my normal organization for my garage goes to crap. I kind of just grab some tools and start throwing together, you know, those rubber made like three drawer bins. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I kind of assemble one of those and that's my fun fly tools that I bring to every fun fly. I usually put parts in a drawer and tools and everything that I kind of need. And I assemble that and bring that to the fun flies with me all summer. And so now I finally went back through and emptied that out and kind of put all my tools back in their <laughs> rightful places. So I went, went through this last week and kind of reorganized all the heli bins and the heli tools and did a little inventory on parts and Stuff like that, so I hadn't really had a chance to go through that stuff since a lot of the fun flies, once we once they started hitting, they were stacked pretty close together at the end of the season there, so I never had a chance to really unpack anything. Just kind of set it to the side and threw it back in when it was time to go again. Yeah, I, I do something similar, but for me, I've got, like, I now basically have two sets of tools. I've mm-hmm. got the home tool set, and then yeah. I've got something that pretty much stays portable 24 7 and it's in like a little tiny it's not a pelican case uh but it's it's similar you've seen my charging case it's a smaller version of that you know like what you would put say like an slr body in a camera body or something yeah and i just have all of my good tools in that and if i feel like i need them while i'm working at home i'll just pop it open otherwise it sits there and when I go to the field or go to the fun fly, I just toss it in the car and we're ready to go. Yeah, and I guess the the majority of stuff that I'm transferring back and forth is like my Dremel, my soldering iron, um, a spare power supply. You know, so that I have a lot of that type of stuff that I throw in there too that gets taken out now during this time because I just have other places for it. So. Yep. But yeah, that's all. That's all I've been up to last couple of weeks. What What do you think your your timeline is? on the project i mean you're just gonna like whenever whenever you going for black friday going for after black christmas well, friday. i would say black, 
Is it really Friday or is it Thursday? It's Black, <laughs> Black Sunday week. through Monday. You know, Black I hope week. they go back to doing it normal because I believe, this is my personal opinion, <laughs> I believe they shot themselves in the foot last year because supposedly sales were way down. Yeah, dude. Last yeah. year, I mean, I, I can't I speak it. to whether... I I can't dummy, speak dummy. to whether sales were down, but Black Friday as a consumer, like last year, was the shittiest of all the Black Fridays. That's you know, right. But on the other hand, Nick's the guy. I, <laughs> I've seen people starting to re- repost and share a meme that says, I refuse to shop on Thursday. Nick, you're, you're that guy, too, though. That's right. You're like, I will, I will not do it. Dude, you I will don't. shop any damn day I want. <laughs> <laughs> like, I refuse, but. No, nope. No, actually, it's opening time somewhere. I will give you my money, but you're only going to get it on Friday. If you don't have anything for me, then so sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, nowadays, so, okay, like three or four years ago, Black Friday was a big deal because we still had all this new exciting stuff that we haven't tried. Nowadays, if there's stuff you haven't tried, there's probably a reason why. And at least for us, uh, you know, we're sponsored for a lot of stuff. So what does the Black Friday thing do? Uh, speak for yourself on that one. What? Who's sponsored by? What am I sponsored by? V-Control? That doesn't really limit V-Control, me. V-Control, Scorpion, right? No, 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 no. Not Scorpion. Whoa. Nick. No, did, that's. Jesse is like. A free man? No, no, no. It's just V-Control here. Just V-Control. Okay. Just V-Control. Okay. Well, Nick, you can definitely not say that. No. I'm okay with that. Okay, yeah, Jesse. It's not well, like I'm going to be like, so I, I can buy You can play mm, the let's field, see. dude. What goblin am I going to buy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same that 500 sportsmen looking Monday. really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm cool with that. I guess that maybe on Black Friday, Nick, you'd have a better excuse uh, to the wife, like, "Oh, it was on sale." Like you know, when the money goes, but I have been waiting all year yeah. to buy that Kyle Stacy edition for the same price that I could have gotten it any other time. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was thinking, <laughs> <laughs> we just yeah, we forget that part. We leave that part out. Now I was looking at the three eighty. Uh, mm. Speaking of that, going, oh, you. Dirty little, just. Mm. I was when we were at the Sagebrush Smackdown. I was actually really hoping for that 380. Dude, yeah, it's it an awesome model. It really is. Yeah. When was the last time you flew yours? <laughs> July. <laughs> <laughs> but man, it is so uh, awesome. Is awesome. You don't even know. You don't know. I, I don't know. Stuff Nobody going knows. on, man. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, you might want to work on some different uh, it's, points. It there. is on my list. I'm getting close. I'm getting close to that portion of the list. But see, here's the deal. I'm not, uh, I'm not too worried about it because it's not yet to the point where the weather is so horrible that the only reasonable way I can get flying in is by mm-hmm. going two blocks away to the baseball field. Justin, if I, if I remember right, though, this is your prime time, man. This is. It absolutely remember, is. every single summer, oh, I fly more in the winter. 
Five more in yeah. the winter. Yeah. This is it, true. man. It's this your time true. to shine. It's true. <laughs> and and that's why I need to get it rebuilt. But, you know, I mean, I've kind of... <sighs> it's It's weird because... From a speed perspective, I had originally thought Urcha was the the big deal, right? And it still was. But I figured that things would tail off from there. Uh, and that's not the case now with the OHB Speed Cup. I'm, I'm practicing. I'm trying to, you know, put some time in and get prepared for that because I want to go out and do better than I did last time. And that makes it difficult to justify spending a lot of time on 3D except for, you know, in between packs when I've got to wait for them to cool down before I can charge, that kind of thing. But when, you know, when the weather gets a little bit cooler or nastier, when it gets to the point where I literally have to wait in between rain spells, right? Like, oh, it just stopped raining, go. Get three or four packs in on the 380. I can bang that out in like literally 15 or 20 minutes and then jump back in the car, drive home, charge and do other stuff while it's still raining. Because we're getting to the point where spending four or five hours at the field isn't all that feasible. And even if it were, it's Mm -hmm. not comfortable. I felt like that point was two years ago. Well, I mean, it's (laughs) but dude, it's a little different for you. Because you've got a trailer. So if you have the time, you can just roll up and drop the trailer down and hang out for like five or six hours and wait out the rain. Yeah. But it just, that doesn't, without that that uh, getaway, if you will, it makes it really difficult. So today, I mean, I had today off and... Uh, it was meh, okay weather, 50s, 40s, I think, uh, high 40s with the wind. And this was a perfect example. I, for the first time, I felt like, oh, crap, it's actually winter. We've got, you know, 5, 10 mile an hour breeze like we always do going, uh, what was it, west to east. And... um the sun dips behind the clouds and it gets really nasty really quick. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to a couple of buddies at the field about the fact that, you know, in another month or so, it's going to be nasty cold. The wind will be kicking back up again. And I'm going to be bouncing back in between or back and forth between the car and flying with the heater on. Mm -hmm. It's that's painful. And it makes it really difficult to um, to feel productive. I mean, don't get me wrong. I will get a lot of flying in because uh, usually there are fewer people at the field. And again, I'll get hate mail or someone at the field is going to give me a hard time for saying that. It's not that I don't want to hang out with people. But when I'm there, I like to socialize. And so I don't get as much uh, stick time in. So that's why I get a lot of time in on the winter. But it's it's going to be cold, man. I'm not sure I'm looking forward to it. I hope El Nino kicks in. I really do. Yeah, I got to get, you know, my plan was to get out tomorrow. And then it just dawned on me that I can't charge. Uh, yeah, we talked about that on the phone, didn't we? Yeah, someone forgot to put a new pull cord in his generator. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it broke at the fun fly. 
Yeah, but uh. I mean, I don't know. My kid's got a soccer game in the morning, so I've still got, you know, what, three packs for uh, three packs for the five hundred. You know, two twelve S packs and a and a set for the five seventy. Just charge them all up tonight. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I do think that I'm going to I Okay, so what do you guys think about this opinion? Justin, are you done? Cuz No, I'm, I'm actually nowhere near done. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Go but ahead. I was letting you roll with it because no, it no, was a fine. smooth transition. I I applaud you. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway, uh so I did go flying today as I alluded to, uh being that it was my day off. But actually, before I went flying, uh, I installed a new motor. So I had mentioned, I think last episode, uh, that uh, my my Gowie R5 is just doing awesome right now. And I'm looking to see how much more I can get out of it. Well, right now, with the 520KV4530 motor in there and the highest pinion that I can get, uh, it only maxes out at like 2,900 to 3,000. And I wanted more. So I called up my ex Nova team manager and said, all right, here's the deal. I did some math. I think if we go with a four plus four YY winding on this motor, then we could get about 600 KV. You up for the challenge? And then pretty much the next day, he's like, it'll be in the mail to you soon. And it showed up this week. So I have my custom 4530-600 that I installed in the Gowie today. Jeez. Oh, yeah. 600 kV. Nice. 1.6 millimeter windings. It's a beautiful, beautiful set of windings. Very nice. And got that installed, got everything reprogrammed, J-Log updated with the uh, the new kV and all that sort of a thing. And I went out today and kind of played around with it at first just to see how things were going to go at the higher head speeds. And uh, I think I ended up going up to a max of 32 or 3,300. Oh, man. It still has room to grow, let me tell you. Now, this is on 12S. 3,200. I'm only seeing peak currents in the... 120 to 140 amp range so nothing major right rail 606s and the halo 72s on the tail and i think i'm at 14 or so degrees of pitch so still a lot of room there i had a killer set of runs so new personal record on the r5 my best left today was uh 247 and a half kph which for english is let's see here 153.8 miles per hour and then best right to left was 223 which is in the low 140s so it averaged out to uh basically like a 139 or 140 miles an hour between the two it whatever the what what the equivalent competition score would be very happy with that it's tracking like a freaking arrow at that head speed and i think i can get more out of it so i i was super excited about that i even got some hat cam video 
you know, I'm I'm liking the hat cam, Nick. Yeah. I think I might uh I, I don't know. I just it just struck me. I saw it in my toolbox. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Put the hat cam on, get a couple of flights in, maybe I'll get some decent footage. I'll make another little video. Not because I think anyone cares to watch my videos, but I'm actually having fun making videos. Well good. So yeah. Uh now, here's the downside. Uh, I I did my last flight. I over-discharged the pack. How do I know this? Well, <laughs> first of all, the jetty told me that I ran out of, uh, or I hit my capacity alarm, and then I still did another run. Problem number oh, one. Okay. As I was bringing it back in, I heard the telltale sign of the cosmic saying, uh-uh, you've hit LVC. I am rapidly ramping down to 50% throttle. Okay, so that happened. No big deal. Landed it. Not a problem. Packs are a little warm when I pulled them out. Um, Put them on the charger. And this is, of course, you know, Nick, where the power lab shines. Mm -hmm. It looks at the packs and it says, oh, that's a nasty one. I'm going into recovery mode. Yeah. And then it limits itself to like a half amp and it does the real slow balance. Well, my cells were like between 3.2. And 3.3. On the fuel gauge, it said I had 1% left. Uh, The IRs were like between 10 and 30 per cell. And it took 45 minutes Mm -hmm. to get them up to 3.7 per cell. Wow. And then I gave up and left. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the one thing about that mode that's like super cool. But then is kind of like, you know, eh? Um, it won't. It will charge the whole mode like that. So, yep. it, I, to the best of my knowledge, it won't go into recovery, hit a certain point, and then go back to your charge preset. Uh, no, I think it will. But it. But is it, it at like a certain voltage? I'm sure one of the Rev Electrics guys will chime in here after this episode goes live, but I believe there is a setting in there that uh, that basically says for a delta voltage between high and low cell of greater than X, then go into recovery mode. And so even, you know, if it if it gets up into the 3.6, 3.7 range, if there's still a large enough delta, it's going to go slow. But I'm pretty sure I've seen it jump back into regular mode once it thinks it's it's See, now safe I enough. don't know because I I feel like I. It might not. I'll have huh, to check we'll on to, that. Well, yeah, well, so uh, I, I mean, I aborted the charge at 3.75 per cell. So we'll <laughs> see if I can start it back up and it charges at 15 amps, then that'll be a good indication. But uh, I don't know. I, I think those are going to be like second string practice packs. <laughs> and I guess I have to <laughs> solder up the other set that I have that I just haven't messed with yet. You are so Jeez. hard on batteries now. So you, well, so you, you heard the low voltage, the, the jetty tell you that you're at, you've hit your cutoff? No, no. Jetty said, you've reached 1,800 milliamp hours out of 2,700. Please mm-hmm. land. And I said, okay, fine. But after this pass, 
Now, in <laughs> fairness, I was already in the reverse half Cuban eight. So, I mean, yeah. Can you blame me? No. Um, uh. So I, I come through that pass and then it does the warning. It says low voltage and I've got my alarm on the radio set for a couple of volts above the cosmic cutoff mm-hmm. just so that I know, hey, it's it's coming. You better get down soon. But at that point, it was already so far gone that at the same time as it said low voltage, it dipped to the Cosmics LVC and uh, gotcha. started ramping down. Yep, yep. It's no big deal, but it is annoying because now those packs will probably never be useful again. And it also is a good indication that with the 600 kV motor, I got to tone it down a little bit because that thing pulls a lot harder than the 520. Yeah, and, time to redo. I mean, <laughs> That's he, the here's thing. the like it it was pulling so hard that the first couple of flights I wasn't even like not because I couldn't get there in time, but because of how crazy aggressive it felt. I didn't even enter most of the runs at full collective. It was at like three quarters collective, which is probably like, I don't know, 12 and a half. <laughs> oh, wow. And I was still hitting 140s and 150s. So cool stuff. That's, I think that's it. I don't know. I don't, still haven't pulled the trigger on the Protos. Because every day, Nick, every day I think about it and I haven't done it yet. They seem to be getting more popular. You better hurry up. I know. I know. Yeah, that's all I got. We say it all the time, we are the 99%. I have Alan with me to tell me about his experiences with the Soko Heli tool. Well, Dan, I am the 99%, but the Soko Heli tool has redefined the way that I set up helicopters. I've owned the Soko Heli tool for almost six months now, and I've used it on every helicopter that I have. I love it because you can pair it with the app. You can set your swash blade up level every time without using a swash leveling tool. The blades are already tracked before you make your first flight. All you're concentrating on is fly barless tuning because you've done it right and it is exceptionally easy with the Soko Heli tool. Thanks, Alan. Well, there you have it, folks. Straight from the horse's mouth, the heart and soul of the hobby. So if you're looking to find out more about the Soko Heli tool, you can go to www.soko-heli-tools.com. Well, I... Um, you were mentioning, I don't know. Yeah, wherever. However, that smooth transition that's not anymore, I do, I need to know, oh, with the 500, I think I have made a decision that I am actually going to keep my 500 the way that it is, put it back to 3D and build an additional 500 sport. Just for speed. Oh, really? Nice. Why yep. is that? Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've had a lot of fun with the 500, and there's it's a little bit nostalgic. I mean, that's the one that Dan had. It's just it's my like Justin said, dude. This thing is so beat. I mean, it's just got gazillions of flights. It's been crashed a lot, but I feel like it's got 
It's got moxie. It's got character. You know, it's got some soul to it. <laughs> and it does. And so I kind of just want to keep it really the way that it is. I mean, like we said, we I took the entire anodizing off the top of the motor so it no longer <laughs> even resembles the Scorpion other than it's gold-ish. Uh. But, you know, I'm going to order up a, a properly colored canopy for it, <laughs> drop the regular pinion in, and then put it back to 3D. I'll use those old packs uh, just for, for tooling around with it. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to build Build the 500 Sport. See, so then that that takes you further away from a 380, unless you're just going to dump more money on that. Well, and so that was kind of the decision, was do I do this? Do I just do the Sport? Uh, you know, and then do I maybe do a 380? But I just don't see really what the 380 has to offer me other than it's a 380, it's a nice heli, and I think they're cool. But it doesn't give me anything. I can fly pretty much whatever I want, wherever I fly. Yeah, and so that, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I agree. That kind of takes away from the utility of a 380, unless you just have to have it because you like it. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I do think that it's cool. I think the three-blade one is just awesome. I mean, it's so cool looking and... Like we talked, I'm definitely intrigued with how much the three bladed head adds to the stability of the other one, um, of the 380. I mean, adds to the 380. I have no desire to go three blade on the the 500 or the 570. So I think this is the route I'm going to go, and then that'll also give me an opportunity to really build the 500, you know, just for speed, like strictly yeah. just for speed. I think that makes sense. I mean, the more the merrier at the Which end of the day. <laughs> gets a little bit tricky, like what speed controller? If you're going to build it just for speed, what speed controller do I put in there? Uh, well, so here's the deal. I mean, I, it's funny. I was talking to a couple of people about this this week on the R5. You don't need a big crazy speed controller, dude. And think about it. I mean, technically, the 500 Sport isn't even in the same class as an R5, even if you no. could argue it is somewhat full fuselage, it's it's only going to spin, what, 525s? No, 500s. It will not spin 525s out of the box. I don't think so. Oh. Well, the, the, how about this? The old, five, the old 500 wouldn't. Do you know if it, is it like a completely new boom too, or could you put the 570 boom on there? See, now I'm starting to get ideas. I don't think that the boom is any different. Okay. Well, the reason I say that is because the 380 boom is different. It's not anything like the the other goblins in the way that it attaches oh, or the yeah, way that no, it's no, constructed. No, no. And this one it's looks ex- like a big 380. No, it's exactly the... I mean, they're different lengths, but I, I don't see any reason why you couldn't put it on there. It's the same main, I mean, the whole, the guts of the helicopter are all the same. Okay. Frame widths are the well, same. Well, then you could put the 570 boom on there, and then uh, it would basically be a stretch, and you could now run it in the realm of the fi- of the R5. But 
that's a long way of saying I don't think you need to get crazy with the speed controller. I'd run a, a Castle 120. See, okay, then why wouldn't I just buy another 570 then? Because the 570 doesn't come in speed trim. You need the 500 yeah, airframe, that's fair. right? No, I, uh, I, I yeah. want to... What's that, Jesse? I was just agreeing that, yeah, you need the, the little bits and extras, the 500. Yeah. No, I think I want to do the sport. I don't, I mean, if I can only keep it at 500, then, you know, that's fine. Because I'm Just, not, I'm not out there to compete with it. I'm out there to take a little helicopter and go fast with it and have fun. And believe me, as fast as I was going at our fun fly, I am perfectly okay with that because I <laughs> like <laughs> It doesn't need to be able to go any faster than that. I just want to be able to get a lot more consistent at that. Right. Justin, where are the class breaks again for blade sizes? Well, for tip for typically, I guess where do they? Tend there's to fall? no typical because we just started doing it this year. So it's the way I've been defining it is 500 to 630 is okay. the is for that one is that class. Gotcha. And, you know, I mean, unless you're talking about people that have hardcore skill and they're, you know, super competitive, I think that's a reasonable range of blade sizes for someone who's just going out to have fun. In other words, someone that's swinging 500s or 525s could just as easily beat the piss out of someone swinging 570s or 600s if they have more skill than the other pilot. Yeah, yeah, which is gotcha. really what it's about. As long as the pilot doesn't have an R five. <laughs> well, even if that pilot does have an R five, because again, there's only the. So what are you swinging? Six what? I'm on six oh sixes right now, uh, okay. but I may try the DH six elevens if I can get a hold of a set. But okay, but here's the deal again. All that does is increase the potential capability of the model. And if it's the same skill level on two different models, I'm not sure you're going to see a big difference in speed. Yeah. No, that's I really fair. don't think so. So that's my plan. And I think now hearing your numbers as far, I mean, you're pulling, what'd you say, 120? Yeah, I see uh, my my average in a in that run that hit 153 miles an hour was 121 amps. And I and think see, I had like a one data point peak at 150. But that, that was such a short period I, of time that I am not afraid to put a hobby wing 100 in there. Um Okay, so on, on 500s, the caveat is I don't know how the hobby wing behaves in overcurrent conditions. I can say with personal experience that both the Cosmic and the Castle HV controllers will handle significant overcurrents above their nameplate value for a couple of seconds. Mm-hmm. I I've never I've never done it on a hobby wing, so I I just can't say. Yeah. Well, well, no, I but mean, you I'll can tell us. Put a yeah, Nick, Nick put, let us know. <laughs> I'll probably just put a fan on it. You know, run the fan on it to help keep it cool. And I, I'm gonna go for it. I mean, I'll 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 get the one with the with the built-in BEC. I will probably just for safety aspect because we're gonna be putting 
you know, because that'll put so much load on the servos. I'll probably get the smaller R2 buffer unit, you know, like the the really small one. Not so much as like a, you know, uh, I think I'm going to land it if I have a internal BEC failure, right. but just as more of a kind of a buffer for the BEC. And then comes then comes the motor. I mean, that's that's the big thing. What do I put in it for a motor? Justin, you're the motor guy. I'm almost halfway tempted to just leave this in your hands and let you call the ball on it. I think that you want to put in as high a KV motor as you can get in 12S. 12? Now, okay, so let's talk about that. If... I go 12S, that, I really don't know if that'll work. Why not? Because, so Opti has the 20, what, what am I flying, 2750s? 2700s are what I'm flying in the R5. Okay, 2700s. So, but I don't know what they have under that. That's too big for a 500 two 2700s no that's too big yeah that's too big for a 500 mm. okay what about uh two 1800 to 2000s like you run on the 380 i guess we need to sit down and do the actual c rating and what we feel is the reasonable oh but no because i can't then i'm out the hobby wing, dude. Unless I went with the 100 amp HV. Dude, you do not run that on 6S. You're crazy if you want to run speed on 6S. Even the five, no just on way. 500s? No way. No, dude, because you can turn that thing at 3,000 plus and 15 degrees of pitch. You'll get mm-hmm. 10 cycles out of that battery. <laughs> And maybe 15 <laughs> out of the speed controller. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Huh. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm running 600 millimeter blades, but it's not that big of a difference. And I'm pulling peak powers in the five to six kilowatt range. So even if you're at four or five, yep, do nope, the math. Good point. Um, how the hell did that speed controller live through that run then? Ooh, I don't know. Was it a 6S? Yeah. I wish you had telemetry. I know. I mean, maybe it's Six. not as big of a deal. I don't know. Well, no, but I mean, think about it. If you're pulling 120 on 12S, that just dawned on me. I'm thinking, oh, 100 amps, fine. But I was 6S at 100 and, what was it, 114 <laughs> or 15 miles an hour. So you'll be... <laughs> Yeah, we should be just uh, 200. <laughs> yeah, Hobby Wing 100. There you it's, go. It's good for peaks up to <laughs> short bursts two up X. to two. Yeah, yeah. Then you can cook your lunch on it. Wow. Well, then, you know what? Maybe what I will do is I'll I'll go ahead and get a 100 amp, the low voltage one with the BEC, and put that on. Um, I'll swap that out on another heli. Just run a Castle 120, dude. Really? Castle 120 and then check your gearing and run like an 8 or 900 kV motor. 
eight or nine hundred. Yeah, because this because um, the oh. gearing's a little different. I think on the five hundred. No, but I have pinions to run. I could run. So what? What do I got in there now? Eleven hundred forty twenty. Th- oh God! Now I can't even remember. We'll have to do the math and see what makes sense because I don't think the five hundred has the tree stump pinion like the Goblin Speed does. No, but we—I remember. I there was one more pinion available. We went and got ah, the okay. biggest one that Ken had, but there was mm. one more available. I don't even know though. I mean, I'm concerned. Like, yeah, I don't know. That was hauling. I would be a little nervous about spinning it faster than that. We never tacked it, but I know what we were guessing. <laughs> I think we were up. thinking it was about three thousand, right? Uh, closer to thirty-two. Okay, yeah. That'll be fun, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm a excited, good project. and what that's color? why I want to keep it at this. That's exactly why I want to keep it at this size because it's a size where it's fun and affordable. Yep. Now. The more important question is which color. I like the red and white, dude. I think I agree. I really <laughs> like the red and white. Yep. I think I agree. I mean, the other one looks great. The red and the yellow one looks great, but I got a lot of yellow hanging in the trailer. Yeah. Nice. Not to not to yep. mention I think I might do one of the 700s in the red and black carbon. I'm starting to like that a lot more nice. now that I look at it, too. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's see. Other than that, oh, I, as some of you saw, if you follow us on Facebook, I got the DT520 is going together quite well. Um, no issues there so far. Uh, airframe's just about, boy, just about done. I got the BK servos mounted in there. Um, yeah, airframe put together, no real issues, didn't have to send anything back or ask any questions. I, I gave Shannon an update over at Only Fine Helis that everything was going good. So it's, I think, really just about the only thing left. A is to d- <laughs> dig up, see if I can scratch together and find a Futaba receiver <clears throat> to put in there. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're flying this one on the 14SG uh, with no V-bar. Um, and then just make that last final order for the motor, which Justin is really pushing me in the direction of the 4025-1100, is it? Yep. Yeah, 4025-1100 X-Nova. Hmm. Yep. It'll be, I, mean, I think it'll be cool, dude. You'll have like a completely unique setup compared to what you've got in your trailer. Yeah, the only thing that I have flown what's on it, well, I mean the BKs. Well, okay. yeah, okay. But I mean, that, the servos, you know, that's a different story. Yeah, the, and then think, the hobby wing. But. Do you think they'll possibly have a different flybarless unit and heli, you know, that you might lose that baseline or yeah, but that's okay because we're gonna um I I I'm gonna fly that on there for a little bit and mm-hmm. then at some point Justin's gonna try that fly barless unit yep. on for speed. 
Gotcha. Should and then we that talk about get... that fly barless unit? I suppose we can. I don't. You know what? I'll be honest. I don't really know that much about it because it was kind of. Uh, I guess we could. Sure, we can. Why not? Right? Yeah. Well, so we we've been teasing the listeners for the last couple of weeks, and we kept saying, "Ah, oh, we're a couple of finishing touches here and there." <laughs> Uh, I think I think we're close, but I think it's worth mentioning. And yeah, I mean, it, we know we're coming into the winter season, so I mean, no one should be expecting a review to be done in the next two or three weeks. So yeah, no, it's no. going to take we're, some time. Yeah, and that's that's kind of why why I finally decided, or not finally decided, but that's why we decided that this kind of whole project review, you know compilation was going to work out okay was because no one was in a big hurry and going into winter finally things are kind of starting to slow down and i you know i think it's good you're going to get a more thorough review the more that you have something um but yeah this is the it's called the three digi fly barless system danny told us about it uh, at the fun fly kind of went over everything and we're like wow okay well wow all right it you know really kind of grabbed our attention and it's it's very new we don't know a ton about it we and know that it is from one of your favorite new manufacturers r2 prototyping that's right and, you know, for those who don't remember, they are the guys who do the buffer unit that Nick also reviewed earlier this year. Uh, so, you know, Linus over at R2, the guy is a super sharp person, uh, you know, amazing electrical engineer. And uh, the 3Digi has sort of been the culmination of the last few years of playing with what amounts to an open source fly barless system mm-hmm. uh, so you know he and others had messed around with this for a while and you know I, I I think it's sort of similar to like the community that had been formed around uh, the open pilot CC3d if you guys know in the multi-rotor world uh, one of a handful or actually probably many at this point open source uh, flight controllers. And, uh, you know, it started taking off and gaining popularity outside of just its little uh, uh, niche community over in Europe. And so Linus figured, well, why don't we see if we can come up with something here? So he uh, made some changes, updated all the hardware to the state of the art. So it's a 32-bit microprocessor. It's got uh, its own onboard memory. It has expansion capabilities for electric and nitro governor, for GPS, for all, you know, all the standard bells and whistles that we see on Flybarless today. It's in a tiny little package, a little yep. green plastic uh, package. What, what would you say, Nick? Like probably the size of a, I'd say the size of like a V-Bar Neo, right? Yeah. Maybe right a little right smaller. A I- little wider, maybe, but a little shorter. Yeah. It, I mean, sta- how about this? Standard size. Yeah. Not Ty- crazy typical, small. Mm-hmm. Typical yeah. rectangular shape fly barless system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's the kicker. You ready? The price. <laughs> yeah. So the price on this thing is... Now, I, I it, this may change, but 
as of right now, I believe the price is going to be coming out at 120 US. Yeah. I've heard Wait. I've heard stuff about oh it could go down to 99. But at this point, who gives a crap for another $20? $120 for a fully featured fly barless system with all the bells and whistles. And this is truly a tweaker's platform, which is part of the reason why we gave it to Nick, because he loves messing around with fly barless stuff, and there's tons of stuff to play with. Yeah, and that's why we can't... I it, The capabilities of the unit... I don't know what the ratio of, like, what it's actually capable of versus what it will be released as. I mean, when we got it, you know, Danny was saying, okay, yeah, don't even, like, get it mounted up and everything. I need to get you a new firmware because they're still constantly working on stuff. So it's it's just at that point where it's almost ready for, like, a, a for a full review, but there, we're still you know they're still making a lot of changes which is which is exciting so i i can't say exactly it's going to have x when it's released or it's going right. to have this right. but mm-hmm. i know that they have given it the capabilities of you know having an electric gov having a nitro gov um justin do you remember if it was bailout capable yeah yeah i think I it has it all of that stuff so. it pretty much has all the things that all of the current uh, state of the art has and and again i mean going into the winter the weather's going to be challenging for us nick you mentioned you're going to do it for 3d i'll i'll end up reviewing it for speed once you're done guys just so that your expectations are set you know don't expect this to be done in terms of a review by say you know november like thanksgiving yeah. right this is going to be a winter project for us because um as as nick mentioned they are two prototyping is doing the finishing touches on it. And so I, I think this is going to be sort of similar to the Gowie R5 review in that I got it before the thing was even released. And Gowie, you know, is taking feedback from people as more get get hands on it and are making updates to the kits. I think we're going to see something similar here. So think of it as uh, up and coming. Yeah. Yep, yep. Cool. Well, I think that is Sweet. my trailer's a friggin' mess. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, it, but dude, before we go on from that, sorry. No, I, that's fine. I just want we we definitely owe Danny Melnick a shout out for that. So you you had oh, mentioned you Danny's name, but it is Danny Melnick of Demon Arrow for those who who don't know, and he will be carrying the three digi. So uh, once it is publicly available we will let you guys know and you can head on over to to demon arrow and pick it up yep oh i do have one more update i'm going to say this early on so that everyone hears because a lot of people taper off as the show gets you know later on in the show uh trailer video we have run into a little bit of a temporary snag uh with (laughs) uh, apple's el capitan and adobe for those of you guys who deal with those, you know what I'm talking about. Everyone updated everything all at once, and they apparently did not do their their beta testing properly. And there is a lot of problems with a lot of plugins across all Adobe products. Lightroom, Photoshop, um, Audition, and Premiere Pro happens to be one, which is what I do our trailer videos in. 
So we kind of waited, kind of waited because we we're having problems where every time I'd start working on it, it would shut down. Uh, I went ahead and did a little bit of a workaround, got it installed over on the, my window side and everything seems to be okay. So I am back on project with that. I apologize to everyone. I know everyone's waiting, um, but uh, that one was a little bit out of my hand. So uh, pretend like the fun fly just got over. And then set your normal timeline for that. <laughs> and again, I want to say thanks to, um, at, well, there we go, Danny at Demon Arrow for sponsoring us, Progressive RC and Skyfish. Yes. Yeah. Which, speaking of Skyfish, that's where Dan is, by the way. I guess we never officially said that. Oh, yeah. Oops. By the way, Dan's not with us tonight. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't noticed, what? Uh, he's working. And he's tired from working so much. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. No, I'm just giving him a hard time. (laughs) They're they're on a crunch time, and so he kind of early on in the week. Everything's fine. He just goes, dude, I am burning my candle. I have no candle left to burn. (laughs) And I I just have this. I'm not going to get home till late, and I have a bad feeling I'm going to be falling asleep. So we said, hey, man, do what you got to do. So should we do should we do some news? Yes, let's do it. When shopping online for heli parts, two most important considerations we look for are selection and customer service. Lowerheli.com not only has the selection you need to get your helis back in the air, Ken also prides himself on having the best customer service in the business. I recently made a purchase with Ken at LowerHeli.com, was anxiously awaiting the arrival of some new heli tools. When it didn't show up, I gave Ken a call. Without hesitation, he was willing to send me another package, even though the tracking confirmed delivery. I told Ken to hold off for a day or two, and sure enough, the post office found my package and got it to me. This just goes to show LowerHeli.com is willing to go the extra mile for you. If you want great selection and excellent customer service, www.lowerheli.com That's where you'll find it. Alrighty, this week's news is brought to you by Superiosity. The ultimate well, oh, see, no, I, didn't, oh, I was going to do it on the fly, dude, and I totally wow. screwed it up. I need to script this. We need to come up with... A, what is right. the... Did, did you come up with a slogan, or has Larry given us one? No, and it dawned on me that I had a, didn't have okay. a slogan after I was halfway through it. Halfway through I, the I, one I've, I've got it. I've got it. This week's news is okay. brought to you by Superiosity, DudeManLarry.com. Dudeman, <laughs> because okay, you think I'm joking, but he set up a redirect at dudemanlarry.com. Oh, get the hell yes, out of he here! Yes, he did. Oh man, you testing. go right now I'm and type right dudemanlarry.com. <laughs> Boom! Oh <laughs> yeah, that is so. Great. There it is. Brought yes. to you by Superiosity. At dudemanlarry.com. <laughs> that is so bitching. He you don't even need to. You, even I mean, now, him. well, uh, hey, it's smart. You don't have to remember how to spell the name, right? If one of our listeners wants to get some web service going, that's they right. just type in Dude Man Larry. 
everyone knows Dude Man Larry. Everyone knows. I sure hope that's not offensive. Because (laughs) I'm apologizing if it is, but it's just... I think it's freaking awesome. Yeah, he is. Uh, he got started. <laughs> just so everyone knows, today was like uh, today was the official first day on the job. Oh yeah, yeah. Which, which we're really excited. You know, this has been something that has kind of plagued us, and it's gotten worse and worse with the website. And uh, we're 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 very thankful and grateful for all the support that we've gotten from all of the advertisers. And you guys, you know, finally, um, Larry doesn't have to donate his time. And he has donated his time since the beginning, just out of the kindness of his heart. Even even when he went through stretches where he wasn't flying. And it's it really is people like that that help keep this going for us and give us the ability to do what we're doing. But it was kind of cool to actually be able to, like, write a, you know, we... we like wrote him out a check and it was like yeah nice because he's doing his own this is his own business now so yeah if you guys I can't need think of stuff, anyone else who i would rather write out a check to that's for maybe me no oh because i would write you out a check and we would maybe. still have the same shitty website the next day <laughs> that's touche my friend touche. <laughs> i'm not even gonna try you have a point my way through that one Okay, so let's see. What do we have in the news for this week? Um, oh, I have... First, I'm going to start off with a correction. I got chastised, corrected by a couple people when I said last week, like, we talked about the Spectrum single-line receiver. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Apparently, it is kind of the norm that uh, the smaller multi-rotor boards do have a satellite port on them. Huh. Okay. I did I did not know that. Neither did I. Thank yep. you for teaching us. Hmm. That still, however, does not mean that this isn't far superior because as we know, satellites run at around uh the output voltage on that port is about three volts. Yep. And the wires are small and the regulator uh generally the regulators that run the satellites themselves. You just don't have as much margin for error in a power loss situation or a, yep. a big drop in voltage. So anytime that you can get your receiver system running up at your BEC voltage or at your receiver voltage, then it is a far superior thing. Mm-hmm. So wanted to make that correction. Tyrannus has a couple new transmitters that are coming out. Now, for those of you who don't know who Tyrannus is, you've probably heard of it. A lot of people don't know much about it, including myself. It is an an open... Is it basically an open source, Justin? Yeah. I think that's fair to say. It's an open source transmitter system. They've got a new X9E and an X12D. So this 9-channel uh, and 12-channel, these are tray styles. Uh, dude, these things are nice looking. Yeah, these guys have really kicked it up yeah. like a number of notches in the last couple of years. It's pretty impressive stuff nowadays. I'm, you know, this, <laughs> this is kind of, so I do run into situations, right, where I run into situations, well, I mean, just like the DT520, 
where the you know doing a review on a fly barless system or something like that where obviously a v control is just not going to work um you know for planes and multi-rotor like just screwing around sports stuff and multi-rotors uh the v controls just fine but i'm you know the 14 sg that i have is kind of on loan it's more of a a work thing i'm the geek in me the tweaker says go this direction yeah, dude, because the 12D, did you notice that it looks a lot like my Jetty? Yes, And so it now does. you could finally fulfill your deep down yeah, it's desires kind of, a, it's kind of, a turn off, of owning something that is yeah, like... Yeah, and that's, the look is what's keeping me from it, actually. Oh, yeah, no. that's, that's not <laughs> yeah, true. The, it's not the true at all. Look, it's <laughs> look at that screen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I love the screen on top. So, no, I, I think that... You know, the only thing that's ever really kept me from this is the creepishly low price. So, like the X9E, gonna say, is three hundred and thirty bucks with like receive. I mean, yeah, heavy duty travel case, receiver, power. I know everything. Three hundred thirty bucks. What? Yeah. What am I? What am I missing here? Yeah. What? (laughs) So I, you know. It, to me, it says I. It's our nature to say, well, if it's inexpensive, it must be cheap quality. But because it's open source, maybe that's not the case. So I kind of want to know. I would like to hear from our listeners, those of you who have been flying the Tyrannus stuff in the past. Uh, you know, there's a good chance a lot of the Tyrannus guys are like Tyrannus for life. So they're up on this stuff. Let me know what you think about these. You know, kind of like what the the word on the street is with the X9E and with the with the twelve the X12D. And you know, I might go ahead and contact them and see if there isn't uh, maybe an opportunity for us to do a review on it because I, I think that it would be a, a really fun thing to give a shot. You know, but we haven't done. Have we done a radio review? No, we have not. Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever I don't have either. Think so, yeah, so, and I just I think it would be cool. It's a part of the hobby that I have not gotten into, but I feel like I should for some reason because I like to tweak. What do you think, Justin? What's your gut say about all this? I, you know, I think that the open source, the reluctance to adopt cheaper stuff is reasonable it's it's expected because nowadays we spend so much crap on our hobby that uh you know when it's not five or eight hundred bucks we're wondering what the hell's wrong with it uh so 330 or 400 for the i mean so here's a shining example nick what about the groppner dude we did the same thing with the Gropner where we're like, there is no way this can only be 350 bucks for an 18-channel color touchscreen radio. And it's yeah. great. You know what? That's... You know? And the Tyrannus has correct. grown tremendously in support. Uh, not not just in helis, but multi-rotors and fixed-wing, all that kind of stuff. So I I think it's it's reached that point where it is a legitimate brand 
and it's probably got really good stuff. Well, I think it's also reached a point where you're not, I guess maybe before you could have argued you had to give stuff up to try something like this, but looking at the features list, it's like you are, you can't really go, oh, I'm sacrificing X, Y, or Z to go fly this thing. I mean, it looks like it's all there. (laughs) Yeah, the only thing that's not ever really advertised that I always wonder about with these, um, you know, are we past the latency issues of the old days? Or do you do we think that it's safe to say that any new radio that's going to be out is going to have an acceptable latency in it? Ah, that's a good question. I don't know that uh, because that's still from a three D guy perspective, from someone who mostly flies three D. I do not want to be going back to like you know. Oh, geez, what was the biggest disaster? Probably the high tech, the Aurora Nine. Oh my lord! That the thing, latency, yeah, it was horrible. Three seconds. I mean, yeah, three, three seconds. <laughs> yeah, TikTok, TikTok. Wait, wait. Oh, there it is. Well, yeah, you get through like four stirs before the damn thing actually starts to pyro flip. And so that I would like to know, you know, about. But no, I, I think it's a really cool concept. So uh, my hats off to them, and maybe we'll dig into it a little more. Links has out. Uh, an official stretch kit for the get well unofficial aftermarket stretch kit for the Gowie X3. So this has got uh, boom, boom supports, tail rod, belt. This is for the belted one, and a set of zeal blades to go along with it. Looks like they've got it on their site for seventy nine ninety five, uh, which ends up actually once stretched ends up. A fair amount lighter than the Goblin 380, I do, I do believe. About 100 grams or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So Quite a bit. Definitely a little lighter on the disc loading. Uh, Justin, I see you got one up there. We want to talk about that a little later. Which one is that? You're the t- drone registration. No, let's talk about that now. That's a okay. I it's kind of like news of the week unless you've got another news no, of the I week. No, I think it's good news of the week. Yeah, mm-hmm. so by now I imagine a majority of you guys have heard about the new uh federal government ruling specifically from the Secretary of Transportation at DOT Department of Transportation about the intention of the government to require registration of both hobbyist and commercial drones going forward. Uh, So this is, of course, in response to the continuing uh, concerns of the public and, uh, you know, the FAA surrounding a a bunch more drones uh, becoming airborne every month. They've got some pretty crazy stats here, and I'm going to read this off. Uh, They claim that uh, right now, such incidents as drones being found around airports and being seen by actual passenger planes are numbering about 100 per month right now around the country. Uh, And in 2014, they only had 238 of those reported incidents total in that 12-month period. Now we're at 100 a month. So they're expecting to see 
over a thousand of these reports by the end of this calendar year. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Obviously, the number of, you know, boneheads with the with the quad is 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 growing. But I also feel like anything that pilots see in the sky, oh my god, I was a drone. Oh my god, did you see that? Yeah, I was a drone. I saw it. Do you do you really think that's what it is? Because it's interesting. Yeah, because like been- in a couple of the articles, it talks about special interest groups that are fighting for and against. And of course, on our side, we've got the AMA. And, you know, they did put out a statement and they put out a pretty strong one. I'd urge you guys to go and look at it to to mm-hmm. see if you agree. But on the other side of the argument, there are special interest groups like the and I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like the U.S. Commercial Aviators Club of America or whatever. Steve, you can tell me what it is. You probably belong to it, dude. Um, and and these guys are saying this needs to be done immediately because if one of those hits an airplane, you know, the sky will fall, blah, 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 blah. I, Which it's I, hard hey, for I me agree. to understand whether this is being blown out of proportion or not. So I think I'd that really it's probably like being hear what people have to say. I think that it is because I, we've seen, I mean, for every, okay, so let's say for every, I my gut says it's probably half of that because, I mean, we've seen it in the, like, in the news. So if it's official ones have made the news where, you know, the news is great for making a big, huge deal out of a story and then when they find out that they were full of shit, Going, oh, yeah, by the way, that was a false claim, sorry, and then moving on. So if we've seen those types of stories in the news where they've gone back and found out that it wasn't true, yep. then you know that these guys, that, that some of these pilots are potentially just, I mean, if it's something flying that they don't know what it is, you know that that's what they're blaming it on now. And, you know, oh, it's flying. I don't know what it is. Got to be a drone. Yep, you may be drone. right, but that still is a speculation at best. No, nah, I know. But, I mean, we've seen – I've seen cases of it where, oh, well, they said it was a drone. The pilot was sure, and then they found out well, later that it wasn't. Like, they officially confirmed that it wasn't. Oh, yeah, okay. I just feel like it's the trend. Anything that I see in the air, hmm. I'm going to blame on a drone. I, that's fair. I think because there's a heightened sensitivity to it, that people are uh, are more prone to look for them too. Yeah, you know what I mean. That sort of a thing. I also I, don't. I mean, I guess I just don't understand. I, I don't understand what the hell people are doing up that high. I just don't get that. Well, unlike the ones over in California that were apparently preventing uh, fire, uh, fire, fire helicopters, I guess. I don't know what it is. A fire helicopter from flying over the wildfires and dumping water on them. Yeah, but even like in that case, if they put a ceiling on it, you could still potentially be in the way. Yeah, that's true. If they had 400 foot ceiling on there, you could still be in the way. And my kind of thing is, okay, so let's say, I, I, I tend to agree with you, Nick, that I think it's being blown out of proportion and that probably a lot of these reports may not actually be drones, but I would say, I, I would have to think it is increasing nonetheless. Oh, God, it's more yeah. than it was two years ago. I mean, I think we would all agree with that. 
Oh, my, my question now. would be what? So making everyone register, how is that going to fix people being idiots? <laughs> yeah, no. Now you're just a registered <laughs> I idiot. Mean, no, what, what it's really going to just... do is it's going to prevent a lot of people from getting into it, getting into the hobby. And that's one of the key things that the AMA is saying is for the people who are spending the money and are already in, it's not going to prevent them. It's going to be mm-hmm. more of an annoyance, right? But yeah. they're the... the um, like the consumer guild or something like that is projecting that over a million quote drones will fly off the shelves this holiday season. No pun intended. Oh, horrible <laughs> right? pun! Oh. Wow, that was wow, good. That but, was um, clever. Sh- anyway, that's that's a huge influx of potential addicts, right? Yep. And even if half of those become uh, interested in going further than the little crappy mall kiosk drones, then we've got a huge influx of people into the hobby. Now, if they shut that down with registration, now how many how many parents out there are going to be like, oh, crap, I was going to get little Johnny a multi-rotor, but since I have to register it with the federal government, I'm going to get him a Nerf gun. Okay, no, I, dude, completely agree. My... What I want to know, and this is going to be, this will probably be like the hardest thing for them to pin down. Define drone. Mm. Oh, now herein lies the real concern. Yeah. Because their current definition, I believe, can be interpreted quite easily to represent anything that flies under remote control yeah does it have to have a camera or is it (laughs) no no it has nothing to do with a camera dude yeah no that's what i mean they're they keep using this word drone 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 and i'm sorry but drone is not that's not a defined mean anything it doesn't mean anything I was reading through some some i was reading some articles earlier and reading through some of the comments at the bottom and one guy's like I see where this is going. I'm going to have to register my kite before we know it. Yeah. No, it's it's true, though. I mean, <laughs> are are the guys that fl- that slope soar gliders going to have to go in there and register their gliders? Oh, dude. And then you know what's going to happen? I, I can see it now. Maybe they'll be like, well, no, you guys do. Okay. If it's got a camera on it. Then you have to register it. That would put it under, you know, no. the the whatever the classification, yeah, that you have to register. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to be out flying, and I'm going to get Mister New Police Officer, which I have nothing but respect for the law. So don't don't even consider taking it in any other way. So what are you doing? Flying? So uh, yeah, you know, do you have a registration for that drone? It's not a drone. Well, it sure looks like a drone. It's not a fucking drone. And then, you know what I mean? Because that's going to be my attitude. D- don't tell me I'm in this hobby way more than you are there, pal. Don't yeah. try and tell me what it is and is not. Well, and, and that's that- why I think they're trying to apply it to everything, Nick, including that's our right. Pod and Boom 3D helmet. Yeah, so then, what does it then- mean? 
what it means is you would need to register each model with uh, with the government or with the FAA or the Department of Transportation. I don't know what agency it's going to be, but you have to go through a registration process and then that model becomes registered and in some way is identified. Now, I don't know how, maybe an RFID tag or something. The point being that if your model were to ever find itself into a place where it shouldn't go, like an airport or gets hit down or knocked down by a plane or something, then they can look at the little tag and say, oh, it was Nick Len. We're going to his house. And so, okay, like the, <laughs> let's go back to the little. Uh, oh, this is great. Yeah, this is idiotic. I mean, it's, it's like the whole let's make a. I mean, every, anyone that was planning to break the law isn't going to follow the law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like. It's. Yeah, so what happens if I'm. Ooh, pull my little tag off. Yeah, oh no. It must have, my tag must have fallen off. I'm sorry. I mean, it's just. I know, I know, I know. The stupidity behind this. So then, now when I go to buy my kid one of those little teeny proto deals, right? The little quad like we flew on the roof at Othello. Yeah, dude. Head on over to the DMV. Over to the DMV. Get him uh, fingerprinted. Get him up. Uh, Wait in a line for two hours. Yeah. Here's and... my son. We're going to put him through all of this. Yeah. I'm going to teach him something. Teach him who's a bunch of idiots. That's what I'm going to teach him. <laughs> this is idiotic. I mean, I get I agree. It. No, I, I, I don't. I don't think it's going to work. No, I don't think I mean, it's going to work either. I it's get what they're anything. trying to I get that they're totally screwed. That's what I get. You know that? I get that. Hmm. I do. They're fighting a losing battle. Technology way, way jumped ahead of them being prepared for this. But, I mean, and you can tell they're still losing. They're still, they don't have a clue what the best thing is to do. And that's what sucks is because generally when they don't have a clue, they don't make stuff that's the best for everyone they just make a decision that's going to be easiest for them which is well if it flies register well you want to know something let's so let's take this take this up a notch here and and step (laughs) aside from being a hobbyist for a second okay we we you know you can you can see the philosophy behind it fundamentally i understand what they're trying to do i don't want to and i don't think any other hobbyist wants to endanger the airspace or or anyone in it right yeah but yep what is it going to take to do what they think they want to do on the scale they will need to do it to actually make a difference yeah a lot of my tax dollars that pisses me off because it's again it's a misappropriation of resources yeah. How, so how, how about, I want to know what's the plan for rolling this out? How much is it going to cost? Where are they getting it from? Yeah, I, I mean let's let's deal with. Some, well, I don't know. This see, this is where it turns political, and then it just gets. It's like I would much rather them spend all of those funds that it's going to take to make this happen on more training for our officers, for our police force. You know, it's something that's going to save lives every day yeah not 
just create more paperwork and more. Oh my god! <sighs> See, this is why I don't talk about this. Yeah. this is, and we've <laughs> we've get... officially gotten into the realm of yeah. emotions, opinion, and speculation. Yeah, and throat oh, yeah. punches. Yes, we're right throat, on the edge. Right. Of throat throat when we <laughs> when we don't know all the details, punch. we're just going to start swinging fists. That's that's right. Oh, God. All right. Let's get out of the news. <laughs> let's do it. All right. This week's news has been brought to you by Dude Man Larry at Superiority.com. Yeah. As you know, 2015 has been a big year for BK Designs. They've grown tremendously and are now distributing BK servos, switchblades, and Spartan Flybarless systems. Bert and Susie provide top-notch customer support, and we're honored that they've chosen to help support us here at RC Alienation. As if that wasn't enough, they've decided to say thank you to all of our listeners for the support you guys have given them. If you head over to www.bkdesignsllc.com forward slash RCHN, you'll find a special page just for our listeners where you will receive 20% off of your next order. Thank you again to BK Designs for being so generous to the listeners of RC Hilly Nation. And again, that's www.bkdesignsllc.com forward slash RCHN. You'll get 20% off your next order. All righty, Justin. Yes. Now that we have rambled on extensively. <laughs> yeah, we 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 wow. have rambled a lot. But you know what? I like it. I'm feeling it tonight. All right. It's good. Let's keep rambling. Okay. All right. Ramble. Hey, you have le- you have entered my realm of expertise. Rambling? Well, yes. then good because I have the topic for you. Okay. All right. So here's the deal, right? It is October 23rd as we record this. Okay. It will be the 26th when it comes out, right? Yeah. What happened two days ago on the 21st? Crickets. Back yep. to the future day, dude. Mm. October 21st, 2015 is when okay. Marty and Doc went back to the future. You know the movie? Yeah. No. No. I don't know okay. the movie. So freaking rocket scientist. It's it's funny because uh the whole week people have been talking about well let's go back and look at the movie and what they predicted and how close did they get and now let's do a real prediction for what it's going to be like in another, you know, 15 or 30 years in terms of life and technology. I thought we could do something similar here with the hobby. And and basically start out doing a little bit of a historical review, at least from our relatively limited perspective, because we haven't been in the hobby all that long in the grand scheme of things. Now, nah, not compared to a lot of not, people. Not compared to mm-hmm. a lot of people, but still a lot has changed in the time we have been in the hobby. And then I figure we bring it up to present day and then let's have some fun doing what we do best, which is speculating. <laughs> Oh, on yeah. what what is the future going to hold? And okay. we'll we'll see. Maybe if we remember this episode in two or three years, we can come back and see how crazy our ideas actually were. So 
I figure with it. you know one one of the one of the key technologies in the hobby that sees the biggest evolution is fly barless systems. And and if we go back to when you and I at least started in the hobby Nick in 2009, right? Yep. So it's going to be 6 years for me uh Thanksgiving this year. Holy crap, that's crazy. Going on a decade. When I started flying, I was flying fly bars. Yep. And I think you were doing the same exact thing, right? Right around early 2010, we started to see flybarless systems uh, make their debut. And, of course, it was V-Bar 4.0. Hell yeah. And, and <laughs> Well, there was like five people flying the Skookum 360. You remember that? Holy crap. No. I Actually, I do now that you, you reminded me. That's right. Separate tail gyro. This was a flybarless system only for the head, for those of you who don't know it. They did not talk. They were not, and believe me, they were not simpatico. You know, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, you, you, you go back even further, and so we started on fly bars, which, of course, required just a tail gyro. And mm. you got the Futaba 611 and the 520, the venerable Spartan, right? Yep. And and then mm-hmm. the Skookum comes along, and I I cannot believe you brought that up. I remember that stuff, and it I remember is basically it, it, it was like putting two mother in laws on your helicopter. <laughs> 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 you got your, like your wife's analogy. mom and and the and, and your mom, and then say, okay, now we're gonna put you in the air together, just the two of you, and toss you around, and you have to get along. Yeah, <laughs> keep the thing in the air. Go does it didn't work, but anyway, yeah. Go ahead. So you know when when the first flybarless unit started coming on a full three axis system, not the Skookum, because I never flew the Skookum. I don't know anyone that did, but I remember hearing a lot about it on the internet. Uh, v bar four That's the quintessential. That's that's the beginning for me. Yep. And I remember V bar four being the most complicated flybarless system to date and probably one of the most complicated things I've ever dealt with in the hobby. <laughs> uh, do you remember the the user interface, Nick? Was yeah. It was a graphical user interface just like we've got now, but it wasn't so much like sliders and buttons. It was kind of like number fields. Yep. Right. And yep. so you'd get a range of numbers and you type the numbers in and and here's the really cool part. There were some numbers that if you typed in too big or too small a number, the helicopter would self-destruct. <laughs> you know what's cool? <laughs> I, I did not that was when I first started understanding and learning about PID. And you know what I figured out real quickly what D stands for? D, if you turn it up too high, like your tail, right? And then you put it up into the air, it stands for damn! (laughs) (laughs) That shit would do 180 degree, back and forth, the most violent (laughs) tail wag. I mean, wag of death. And and you can get that if you did the eye gain too high as well. You remember that? Oh, That was the one that I remember where I... I fat fingered a number on iGain once and I went up there in a logo 600 and dude, 
I have never soiled my shorts <laughs> so quickly. Right. You <laughs> have never experienced complete and total, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Until you, you have had <laughs> an uncontrolled 180 degree back and forth pirouette. That's full speed too. You could just hear the torque tube just. Oh, it was so violent it would throw belts. It yep. would blow up. Yep. Uh, it would blow up control rods and pop was, links. Oh my! You could God, even throw fun. the tail boom if you didn't have it pinned, <laughs> because back then not all the models had pinned tail booms. I remember that, dude. The fu- <laughs> people were doing it all the just time. Shoot on that the, thing right out. Oh, well, the fusion. Oh right? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Didn't that happen to your fusion? No, mine went at like. Uh, it ended up parallel to the horizon, <laughs> but I never <laughs> completely chucked it. Oh, man. Yeah, so, I mean, suffice it to say there were challenges back then, and and I think it was, it was also a situation where n- not only the fly barless system itself was new, but the general concept of PID was newer to the greater community. I mean, people... People understood it to a certain extent for tail gyros, but it is by no means as complex on a tail gyro uh, as it is on a three-axis system. And I think nowadays people uh, on average are a heck of a lot smarter about that. Uh, But, but, I mean, you know, some of the other challenges, not just with V-Bar, but we had Beast X and 3G were the two that I can remember that came a little bit after after V-Bar. I think mm-hmm. V-Bar back then yep. was still as good as it gets, um, but was very vibration prone. And I oh, mean, I man. can remember doing special mounting tape. You remember, you, oh, I'm going to do a layer of 3M gray. Then I'm going to put a metal plate in yeah, there. Steel plate. And then I'm going <laughs> to use some zeal gel. That, and then I'm going to strap like it NASA down. shit. I mean, we were one well, step in from bringing in NASA engineers to figure out yeah. what is the proper. It was like a freaking Subway sandwich of. of yeah. <laughs> Did I just remember the like the zip tie and the Velcro tension? Like, oh, was, that was like, that was you got to get the tension right. Did you put the zeal tape underneath the zip tie yep. on the top of the fly bar? And did you push and down the... with exactly 10 pounds of force when yeah. you strapped down the zeal? I need I need exactly a one millimeter squish ratio on the side. <laughs> And holy shit, now it flies right. <laughs> yeah, and and don't ever dare squishing it unevenly. Yeah, because no. that seal tape was thick enough to the point where if you put it on a corner incorrectly, it would start tilting to one side, and then yeah. it gets real fun real fast. Oh, and man. you know, I, I think I, the the <laughs> so my one of my favorite memories was my second ever fly barless system conversion because back then uh the the kits didn't come with fly barless heads and so a line i think was one of the only ones to begin with that that released uh upgrades where you could uh basically take your existing fly barred head swap out some parts and okay there we go now you've got a fly barless a lot of people were doing their own custom things and i can remember first fun fly ever uh, T-Rex 600 Nitro. Now, uh, I put a V-bar on it. I had just converted my 700 Nitro, and it was flying great. And I bought a used uh, V-bar black, 
And the one thing about this story that always makes me uh, laugh is that it has something in common with one of your first stories, Nick, and it was your experience with a pro pilot. So the first time you met one, it was Bodos, and he picked up your Nitro, and he flew it and beat the piss out of it, and he brought it back down at the end, and he was like, dude... That flies great, and you felt validated, right? I felt I was the king of the freaking world right there. You had nailed it. To get 4.0 when you couldn't, I mean, I could barely do a TikTok at that point, but I gave it my all to try and tune that thing. I mean, that was the goal of that whole half of the summer Yep, was to see how well I could get this thing tuned and to have him just hand it back and be like, dude, solid. Don't touch a thing. Fly it. Okay. I I felt like I won the lottery. And so in complete opposite manner, my, my first experience with pro pilot was also Matt Bodos. And it was for him to troubleshoot my 600 nitro fly barless conversion. Uh, it had been doing some shaking and I'm talking like violent shaking, like <laughs> crack addict shaking. <laughs> so, uh, he, he spools it up, he brings it into the air about three feet and it begins the most violent full body convulsions I have ever seen to date on a helicopter. He immediately throttle holds. Puts the thing down and says, fuck, dude, I don't know what's wrong with that. Take this radio back. (laughs) Hell no. no. I'm done. (laughs) I did not get the same validation that you got, Nick. (laughs) Slightly different feelings. Okay, so we we move on from, uh, you know, vibration-prone things. And I think Beast X was probably the first one that came along that was far less prone to vibrate. <laughs> but what was really funny was, remember the tape that they gave you and the beast x No, what was the tape? The big, thick foam. Oh, yeah. It's like it's, the... Oh. The, they finally, the couch it's like less, cushion. Yeah, it's finally less prone to vibration, but they're still going to give you the, the quarter-inch The worst goddamn thing. tape. <laughs> that, that combination had the most badass... Right aileron roll in a punch out like yeah. you've ever seen. It was, <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, every helicopter, it was textbook. Stock beast X, didn't matter what settings, put the big fat tape in there, do a punch out, hard right roll <laughs> every time. Yep. I just, it's like, do these people never test their own shit? Yeah, that was the first thing you threw away. Yes. When you What's got tape? it. So what what do you guys remember about blades and fly barless systems? <laughs> balancing I, them. I re- yeah, I remember balancing blades, but I remember the first time that I flew a set of stick bangers on V bar four point no. Mm-hmm. That was the single most unstable thing I've ever seen. It did not like those. Uh blades were were Big back in the day on what worked and what didn't. Very hit or miss. Yeah. And it made it so that if you wanted to fly fly barless, you were pretty much stuck with a handful of blades. I'd say no more than a half dozen or so. If I remember correctly, um, the old school heavy Curtises were good, non-stick bangers. 
And then the other ones that were really good at the time were Edges, uh, edges and Rotor Techs. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, certainly not something that we deal with nowadays. Well, I remember going through the transition of, I mean, just flybarless blades. I remember when there were no flybarless blades. There, there wasn't such a thing. You just had blades. And now, once again, we have blades. Yeah. <laughs> but there was yeah. that in-between time where it was, well, are these flybarless or not? And, oh, I remember everyone saying, well, no, I if those aren't flybarless, I can't. No. I it was unheard of. It's like people automatically thought that there was voodoo inside the label flybarless that went on the package. Yeah. No, I hear like, you. It was going to eat itself if it wasn't someone didn't put a flybarless sticker on the blade or painted a different color. Because <laughs> at that time, no one knew what that meant. That's you know, right. what was yeah. different between a flybarless and a flybarred blade? <laughs> Uh, that's what I'm saying. I, you know, and the funny thing is, as we talk through all this guys, again, we've only been in the hobby six years and I'm listening to this conversation and thinking it was like 20 years ago. I can't imagine what it was like in the nineties. And I'm sure a lot of people will let us know in email, but uh, just in the span of five or six years, it's amazing to see how big of a difference it's made. And I would say how on average, smarter people are about the model as a whole uh um so governors we didn't have governors in our fly barless systems v-bar was the first one to come out with it i believe followed by skookum but uh what did we use for governors back then multi-gov for the nitro Heat controllers yep, yep. Castle? It's internals. Oh, Internal. God, the Castle Governor. Castle, Castle ESC. Contronic, dude, Contronic was only for the rich. That I mean, and that was when... I mean, was. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, has that changed? Contronic yep. is There's something the that's rich. remained constant in the last six years. Yeah, Contronic bending us over the table. No. But, but you're right. If you wanted a good electric governor, it was a jive. You had to have it. And I remember the first time I flew one compared to a castle, and it just blew my freaking mind. Now, oh, yeah. I think the playing field's a lot, a lot more level now. Oh, yeah. Of course, we moved on from Governor to get self-leveling and bailouts. I think uh, formerly Heli Command, now Bavarian Demon, was the first real reliable bailout and self-leveling system. Now we've got Icon. What, Icon has one. They uh, almost all have them. V-Bar. Does V-Bar have self-level or oh, just yeah. bailout? Yeah. yeah. It does have self-level. Okay. Yeah. Beast X does not. No. Crazy. I just realized well, that. Why do I feel like the either the new one they're coming out with or they have one out? I, you know, I haven't. I admit I haven't kept up, but I think will. But. You know, I'm almost going to say, yes, Bavarian Demon, there's no question, or that Heli Command back then was the one who probably perfected it first. But I think I think we need to give credit to Icon for being the first company to make it cool. Bring it Main to the masses. Street. Yeah, because yep. their pricing yep. was so much more reasonable. That's right. And it yeah. didn't work. It, it, it was a crapshoot. In the beginning on whether it would work or not yep. on the icon. It was not near <laughs> as reliable. And I think that that's kind of what helped Heli Command 
actually boost them was someone else doing the same thing that they had already Nick, been doing. Have you to this date tried a bailout? Nope. I didn't think so. <laughs> really? He's, you've never flipped the switch. Um and had the heli flip itself over and hover. I uh, know because You mean I, on I the Neo? I uh, know. I don't on think anything. I've ever done it on any of them. Nick oh, has wow. never done it. I remember, I remember trying we to get you Jesse to do that. Do it. It was the- <laughs> I did it on the Icon when I was doing the review. It's like, <laughs> goodbye, Heli. <laughs> yeah, I've never done it. And I did the, you know, I yeah, like what all I talked about in the review. It, it hovered inverted, flipped the switch, flipped itself over, and yeah. I, you know, I think that's one of the big, um, if you look at, over the last four or five years, what we've gained out of fly barless systems, other than the obvious, which is a fly barless system that works reliably and doesn't mm-hmm. require uh, a PhD in uh, damping to figure out mounting tape and, you know, blades and all of that kind of crap. Uh, the governor is a big deal, but I feel like the self-level and bailouts the more I talk to people, and not just Bavarian Demon, but all the systems that have it now, it has the the people who do use it praise it because it really takes their flying to another dimension. They're able to actually go out and try crazy stuff and have the confidence that it's going to get them back in one piece. And all it takes is one pull of that uh, of that switch. And you're saving yourself hundreds of dollars, so that's that's a big deal. Uh, one I, and I, one I, thing I always wonder is what if that technology? Because I'm only you know I'm only like six months behind you guys for starting in the hobby. Mm-hmm. So what if that technology would have been there when we were first getting into the hobby? Would we find ourselves? Because it, it never really caught on with me personally. You know, I don't use it on my own we now. It's like, would that have been? Would we have been in that group? Would that have just? Oh yeah. Would I would have, have. Hell yeah, I would have. With the so, full, you know, self-level yep. and relying on that. Yeah. I think I, we were I think just so. too far in. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, it's the last thing that I think about. There's no way, I mean, that I could. Because if I crash now, it's because I was screwing, screwing off down low or mechanical, which I'm not going to flip that switch if I have a mechanical <laughs> issue. Because that would yep. just be catastrophic. Spectacular. And uh, wait a minute, low. wait a minute. The boom's going to the left and the pod's going to the right. Yeah. Which one's going to self-level? Fail out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I, I think the bailouts are a good standard thing nowadays. And if you don't use it, you don't use it. Um, but at, at least a lot of the companies have been able to find a way to get them integrated in there without a significant hike in price. Uh, if I, again, I don't think beast X has one, but icon is sort of the quintessential cheap one at, uh, what are they at now? 225 or 200 per unit. Yeah. 220 round in there. I mean, they're all, they're all hitting that range. Yeah. Yeah. Between two and 300. Yeah. Okay. So, this year, we've seen some interesting stuff with fly barless. Uh, biggest thing I would say, hands down, is radio integration. We've got, obviously, we've yep. got the V-Control, huge deal. It has, I think, turned the market upside down. And you yep. see people flocking to that system 
on a regular basis because everyone knows V-Bar. It's the it's the OG fly barless system, right? And they know it flies well. They don't have to fight with it. And hey, now I can put it in, in a V-Control radio and everything's married together and I don't ever have to think about screwing with crap again. It just makes sense. Uh, you know, Jetty is doing the same thing on more of a universal thing, universal standpoint with they're working with Corrado and Brain and the, the Icon guys. Uh, we've got Spirit already. The new Bavarian Demon system will have integration. What do you guys think about uh, Go Forward? Do you think anyone else is going to come out with a V-Control? Type They're going to have to. I was just going to say, I think they'll be forced. To. And, and I'm yeah. not, uh, just to be clear, I'm not talking about like the Jetty model where we can put any fly barless system in there. I'm talking about a fly barless system specific radio. Yeah, I think someone's going to want to and or kind of have to. Who do you I think it's it, going to be? Um, It won't be Futaba. Well, okay. Well, wait a minute. You know what's funny though? They did it. They did it first. Yeah, you're right. Are we not giving credit where credit is due? Futaba was the first, but they made a shitty flybarless system. So then, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it, the problem. It countered. It countered it. It countered itself. Okay, I, I got a prediction for the next one though. Okay. okay. A line. Ooh, really? You think a line is going to come out with a flybarless radio system? I mean, they just seem to be tapped into everything. So I see. I think I feel like they're tapped into nothing now. I would agree with you, Nick. I mean, they gave up. So Jesse, I'm going to counter that and say, why would they do that when they just bailed on their own flybarless system? Yeah, you weren't here last week, but we did in the news that mm-hmm. they're shipping them with beast X's now. Yep. Yep. So I think they're out. I I've got a prediction. It's going to be Spartan. Mm. Why yeah. Why wouldn't Angelos do that? No, he's got the capabilities. Got and if the there's smarts. one guy that he does have the smarts, my only concern with them, and, and this is this is ultimately kind of what was the big hang-up for, like, Skookum. Skookum actually makes some really nice stuff, and art is really sharp. It's just that it was one guy. You know, at the end of the day, it mm. was one guy doing the designing and the programming. And that is what held him back. The, he just didn't have enough time to do something and follow through. Do you right? think Angelos and, has that same challenge, though? Okay. I, I mean, can you go download the latest firmware and does it have an eGov? No. Oh, really? Yeah. Why not? It's still in beta. Aha. Uh-huh. And that was... Okay, fair point. You know what I mean? Because now he's on to other things. Now he's working on this or working on a multi-rotor program for it or whatever. So I I feel like the teams are the ones that are going to execute it. And that's like Mikado's big advantage is these guys, you know, there's got people. They got people to make <laughs> shit happen. Yeah, no, I I can definitely see that. that Spartan would make a lot of sense. How about that? No question, it would make a lot of sense as for a them competitor to, to V Bar. 
And I think that it, they're probably but, the second best fly barless system, I think. Ooh, really? Um, as far as mainstream 3D icon? this and there. Mm. Yeah, well, no, that That's a good one. That might be fair. MSH, yeah, you know, MSH maybe. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, that's fair. I don't know. I think it's a tough. I would see Spartan doing it first, though. Yeah, I I, I think in terms of uh, competitiveness with V-Bar and overall capability, Angelos has got it. I mean, he could do it. He could yeah. make it happen if that's what he wanted to do, for sure. Yeah, I guess my my question would be is, would it be in that company's benefit, whatever company's going to attempt this next, to try to lock it down to their, you know, forcing you to buy their own radio? Or would it be to their advantage to go more of that open, open source, open platform, you know, where it's compatible with, Potentially multiple radios that are bringing on this new technology or features. That's an okay. Okay, so you're going the reverse way. You're saying mm-hmm. why don't they? Why don't they make their integration available with all of the radios out there so that Futaba, JR, Spectrum, Jetty, Gropner can all have the new whatever BeastX interface. Yeah, it's like just try not to limit your market so much to force people to buy radio and fly barless system. That Maybe would be really cool, system dude. And- so almost like how like every fly barless system now is S bus compatible. Mm-hmm. That make make your yep. make your yep. radios come up with some sort of protocol if you want to call it whatever naming yep. it is, and make all of the radios capable of yep. integrating. Yep, loading something up like that. Yeah, I like that. That, that kind of takes that one. It makes sense because if you can, if they can do it for single line receivers, why can't they do it for the you know the more mainstream stuff? Head gain, tail gain. Yeah, at least get all of that down. Yep. So I I've got one um, that I'm going to make a prediction on here. Uh, I think that, or at least I would like to see all the fly barless systems go towards logging as a capability and i know some of them already do uh in very limited form but what i mean is why do i have a 70 dollars j log hanging off the side of my speed helis why can't i uh have a fly barless system that has the ability to read and interpret in the same way that the J log does such that I can plug my telemetry rate uh, ready accessories into it. And that's, and, and I get all of that logged right there on the fly system, the cosmic ESC, the GPS, all of that sort of thing. Uh, so that it's not necessarily linked to the radio. Yeah. I, I feel like, see, I'm more interested in, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. I would like I mean, I to was... see just start with every speed controller having logging. Okay, that's, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, get it in the ESC. I mean, start there and first. Justin, you're saying it's actually being saved on the fly barless system, so you would like 
plug your flywireless system into your computer and download yeah, the logs. It's no different than a cosmic or a uh or a castle today, right? You go fly, mm-hmm. you come yep. back, you plug it into your computer with Castle Link, you look at the data. Okay, yep. but now gotcha. my data, my my telemetry is not uh individual accessory specific. I got a fly barless system. It'll read data off of anything else that provides telemetry. Yep. And if you've got a telemetry capable radio, then it can send it up that way too. If that's what you want to do. I mean, you know, when I think ahead in the future on fly barless, I don't, there's not a lot left that I can think of that would be new and exciting. I mean, we got GPS if you want it. We got bailout. We got governor, governors. We've got radio integration. We've got, it's completely immune to vibration. Uh, I think that, I personally still think what? there's a lot of room to grow in the electric governor. I don't okay. understand why every fly mm-hmm. system does not have an electric governor, especially because I still don't understand why more Speed controllers don't have good governors. I do not understand that. That's a good point. Why why can't uh, all it, of the ESCs have a governor that performs like the Cosmic? Yeah. Do you think it's maybe because they just threw in the towel, though? Probably, but because... I don't get that. I mean, I just I don't get that. It's not... I, I, I just... I think I it know. comes down to how much effort they're willing to put in. Unless the o- the only other the only other possibility is that uh, the capability of the hardware on the control board is now very low, and so you know, for example, um, right now the so one of the big things that Bavarian Demon is doing is they are upgrading their hardware in the new system because the the BD of today and what was Heli Command four or five, six years ago, it's still running on the same processor. And its its processor power is now limited compared to some of the newer systems that have come out, like the Spartan. You know, the Vortex, for example, has all brand new processors in it. It's all state-of-the-art. And so as these products age, say, for example, the castle, maybe they are not updating the the control systems in such a way that they have the capability uh, to to control as well as the newer things. Mm. That's a possibility. I don't know. Yeah, it's I, I don't get it. I'd love to see it, though, because I think there's still room for it. I mean, oh, yeah. you can, I can't even fill up one hand with speed controllers that have good governors. I can, dude. The The Cosmic really? fits right in the palm of my hand. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, that proves my point even more. I can fill up four hands. That's because they're all empty because they don't have any money left in them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got what? Contronic? <laughs> YGEs is pretty good. YGEs are good. Contronic YGE, the the hop, the new hobby, hobby wing, wing. Is great. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And the list. Stops. Okay, <laughs> so so that's a that's a good transition. 
We talked fly barless. Let's talk other stuff. I I still have one okay. more. Predi- I still Let, have yeah, one more like wish list prediction though for for fly barless. One thing that I can maybe not see coming, but hope would be coming is what about more self tuning capabilities? I mean, Ooh, let's say optimizers. you're doing TikToks, and all of a sudden the fly barless system tunes the bobble out itself. Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. You know, something that like would that. be we're, game changing. Dude. Where let's say you're, you know, the the direction say you go through this set of maneuvers, or I don't know, you just do your normal flight routine, and it's always looking back, predicting forward, adjusting head gain, tail gain. It's looking at the head speed. It's getting feedback from the speed controller. It's adjusting your governor gain. It's doing. I mean, it's just this constantly changing, tweaking, narrowing in on those perfect settings. And then let's say you can hit a button and all you're adjusting is do you want it to try to tune it so it's more rigid or more flowy or how, you know, I don't know. There's obviously the possibilities are endless, but the fly barless system is kind of doing all that stuff behind the scenes. So it's flying good and you're just kind of hitting some buttons to adjust the characteristics. But as far as getting down into the nitty gritty gains as a thing of the past. Yeah, I like that one, dude. I think that's my favorite one tonight. That would be really cool. And it would probably piss you off, Nick, because you'd never have to tune again. (laughs) That'd be fine, man. You'd have to do a dang thing. I've had a lot of fun not tuning this year. Yeah, true. True. You haven't noticed. You just have the bobble slider. It's like none or a little bit or a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Give me a bobble slider and you can have all my money. And it takes care of the rest. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Well, so what about other electronics? What What do you think uh, uh, about speed controllers? They suck. <laughs> I am so disappointed in the speed controller market as a whole. I agree with you, dude. Completely. I mean, cosmic, you know, now the most reliable ones are back to unreliable. People are burning up cosmics left and right. Uh, what used to be the craziest one is still one now is one of the one of the more reliable ones castle yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely uh, hobby wing is like the only company to me that is headed in a positive direction castle would rule the damn world if they came out with a 14s like a 14s 200 and Put a good governor and a governor that didn't suck ass. Yeah, they'd steal the entire market. Yep, make all the money. Yep, that would be the end of it. I Game agree over. completely. Yeah, yeah. I I think really the 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 direction I see the speed controllers going are higher voltage. Hopefully, we start seeing some more fourteen and sixteen S's. Hopefully, we start seeing more companies like Hobbywing that are willing to go out there and give it a try and with better governors, because. At the end of the day, I don't think it's all that difficult. I just don't think it's a part of the business where people feel like they want to spend the money, the investment, you know, especially you now with all of the in, the external governors on the fly barless system. Do you think it's possibly because they don't think they'll get the return um, because the price might have to go up and the consumer I think so. might not want to pay that. Because when you think of all the stuff you buy for a heli nowadays, let, well, let's 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 do this. Let's go down and tick the boxes. What's the most expensive stuff? 
Flybarless system, two to three hundred bucks, right? Yeah. Servos, probably the most five. Yeah, six, four to five hundred bucks, I guess, depending on what you get. I mean, the BKs are a hundred dollars a piece, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you could easily go hundred motor, usually like three, mm-hmm. three fifty mm-hmm. speed controller. Actually, not where I expected it, but it isn't the most expensive thing that we buy, is it? Unless it's on my heli. Yes. And then it's like nine hundred bucks. But Castle as as heli. Castle is like a one sixty is two hundred and seventy dollars or something, if, right? Yes. Two eighty? Yeah. Yep. Okay, well. I guess I didn't make my point then. <laughs> that was a fail. Now, there's uh, another one that is really underwhelming for me is motors. Yep. Power systems. Let's just call it power systems. Yep. Very underwhelming. Shitty batteries. I mean, that's, dude, don't get me wrong. This this year was the push for power. Everyone is coming out with, I say everyone, <laughs> Contronic, Exnova, and Scorpion, which seems to be the only companies really left. They've put out some insanely powerful motors. Contronic hasn't put out anything new. In the 700 class, it's only been Scorpion and Exnova. When was the... Okay. Uh, Yeah, when was the competition series? I think that was last year. Okay. But still, you're right. I mean, I'd say in the last couple of years. I would like to see a push for something else. Like, okay, dude, we we all... More power? Despite for Justin and the speed scene... We all have enough power. Like, we're, we're good there. You know what I mean? Give me something else. Give me some work. Let's work on some efficiency. I will buy a motor if it is more efficient with the same, with the same power output as the competitor. I would buy the one that's more efficient. And I would even be willing to spend more for that if it's lighter. Yeah. G- give me something. Still, I don't see, I don't see there being a lot of growth in terms of the state of the art. I think what I'd like to see in motors is just more companies. Competition is a good thing. Yeah, more players, you know. Yeah, that's true. Well, well what else? do you guys think? You got other stuff? No, I think I think I'm good. Yeah, it's. I'm sure it'll be nothing like what we just predicted. Well, yeah, as, that's as usual, but that's okay. <laughs> in in five years, everyone will be flying four bladed heads and counter rotating scale. In five years, no one will be flying. We'll just hit go. Oh, we'll don't little- say that. <laughs> hey, hey, Dan's doing that. That's now. a horrible yeah, that's prediction, <laughs> that's dude. <laughs> We're like, hey, check out this new move I programmed. <laughs> nah. Oh, uh, I got one last one. In five years, are we still going to have nitros? Oh, hell yeah. What is nitro yeah. going to look like? I don't it's gonna think. It's going to cost $70 I mean, a we gallon, just, probably. We just walked through the history of fly barless systems in six years, and I don't think nitro has changed hardly at all. If I were to nope. go build a nitro right now, I would do it with the same shit that I did it with five years ago. That's right. 
YS91, Hattori Pipe, Multigov Pro, Cool Power 30. Hell yeah. Fly. And I may Fly. I may even go old school and get a T-Rex 700N. Which yeah. still admittedly, admittedly is a damn good nitro. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong yes, with that. It is. No. Yeah, I, I don't think, you know, it's kind of like saying our, you know, is a, is a 56 Chevy ever going to be not cool? Nope. nope. I think it's going to drop to a certain point and then it will always maintain where it is. Good point. And that's where I feel Nitro, unfortunately, is kind of at. Nitro is timeless. Yeah, I, I think that it is it is what it is right now. I don't see it going up, but I also don't see it going down. Yep. Yep. All right, cool. well, hey, um, good conversation. I would like to hear from listeners as to... Uh, what their historical perspectives have been and then what they think we're going to see in the next few years. I think it would be kind of a fun and interesting thing to see. And if you've got crazy enough predictions, we may actually bring it up on one of the upcoming shows. Yeah. Yeah. That could be good. Right on, man. Well, Hey, um, don't forget guys. We are slowly creeping up. If you want to do a little bit of early, uh, holiday shopping, we still have some stuff in the store. Uh, it will be dwindling down a little bit. We were kind of at a, a teetering point where it's like, well, we stock the ever-living crap out of the store or we work on the website and the funds went there. So we will definitely be doing our best to to uh, to keep it as stocked up as possible, but I can't guarantee that all sizes will be there all the time. So make sure and head over um, to the store, check those out. And get your orders in for that. Uh, citizen membership, if you haven't signed up and you're not a citizen, it's 10 bucks one time. Uh, it'll last you forever. You always have that number. It'll get you registered um, in our system when we do some cool citizen giveaways that only citizens are able to win. Uh, check out the newsletter. You can sign up for that on the homepage. We've got a bunch of cool stuff in there we send one out once a week every now and then we'll do special newsletter giveaways too uh thanks again jesse for doing that looking good man uh what else am i miss oh for those of you again justin's going over we are we are not going to go to ohb as a podcast unfortunately they couldn't quite swing it uh justin's going over there helping out with the ohb speed cup so if you guys uh want to chit chat with him and you're going to be, be there. On the East Coast. That will be the place to be. The rest of us will just sit over here and bitch and suffer. I will be sure to keep you up to date on all of the fun goings on. Oh, thanks. What a pal. Yeah, what a great <laughs> guy. Um, and also, a special, just, you know, special shout out to all of the awesome people that sponsor the show. You know, these guys are great. They cut, um, you know, it's a big deal with people all, ooh, the the heli market's dying or everything. These guys have faith in us, and, you know, we like to believe that we're providing a good service back to them. So thank you. Uh, Progressive RC, Switchblade, Soco Heli Tools, Spartan, Rev Electrics, Lower Heli, 
And of course, Dude Man Larry. So thank you guys. We do appreciate all your support. Oh yeah, don't forget. Throw an extra little tidbit in there. Bert's got that really badass deal going on. Oh yeah, man. Twenty percent off your next mm. purchase for yes. RCHN people. That's right. Only. So make sure and listen to those uh to those commercials in the show. Get that special website. Head over there and thank you again, Bert, for doing that. We really appreciate it. I think that's it. Anyone else have anything? No. Negative. Let's head out. Cool. Who wants to take us out? Jesse. What? Tell yeah, everyone. Yeah, I no, think no, I think it's got to be Jesse. Okay. All right, guys. This has been episode 206. We sure hope you've enjoyed listening to this show as much as we've enjoyed making it. We will talk to you next week. See you later, guys. Take it easy, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC, and is brought to you by Soco Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, BK Servos, and Spartan Flybarless Systems. If you have any comments or questions, please feel free to send us an email.